0: Hey, everyone. This is Jason Shepard, and you're listening to the Instrument Pilot Podcast by MZeroA.com, where a good pilot is always learning. Let's talk about the secret to instrument approaches. Hey, everyone. Jason Shepard here of m0a.com, and you are listening to the Instrument Pilot Podcast, brought to you by our number one rated online ground school groundschoolacademy.com even better actually head over to m0atrial.com to take a two-week no strings attached free trial of our courses private instrument commercial uh, foi as well written test prep boot camps there's so many great things in there for you and more importantly i need you to remember the date August 19th. I can't share a whole lot. The marketing team yells at me every time I share too much here. August 19th is the date I want you to remember. I want to take just the next 10 to 15 minutes of your time to talk and share more about instrument approaches. I do an entire series, maybe you have seen it. Uh, I just did a a webinar on this, Um, if you're watching this when this comes out. I did it on the 12th of August, um, called The Secret to Perfect Landings. In fact, the private pilot podcast, we spoke about landings, commercial flight instructor, CFI podcast. We're going to talk more about landings. But, for instrument pilots, yes, I. You can learn about landings in the other podcasts. For now, I want to focus on this notion, this idea, this secret, and there's many of them, to better instrument approaches. This is actually a philosophy I am just kind of building and evolving. So, you're going to hear some of my early research on this, and my early notes on this. And, hopefully, one day, you'll see it as a beautifully uh, put together video series, seminar, who knows where it'll go from here. But, you can say, hey, I remember back when you first had this idea, the secret to perfect instrument approaches, Jason. Um, and, you, it's happened right now. So let's just get started Uh, if it seems a little hodgepodge well it it is because i'm still i love the research i I love the digging into the facts and looking at the ntsb reports and and seeing what others have to say and and based off my own knowledge and, and prior experience and that's what this really is and if i had to summarize it first and perhaps even most importantly instrument flying starts right where i am sitting right now which is on the ground all great instrument flying starts on the ground now i'm not talking about a ground school y- yes i i want you in ground school yes i believe that instrument flying is 80 percent ground 20 percent flying but i mean something different when i say start on the ground i mean start on the ground with even briefing your approach plates and when i first started telling people hey i brief my approach plates ahead of time on the ground they thought i was crazy in fact, I was never even taught this way in flight school. In flight school, it was just, hey, you went up, you flew. We're shooting the, you know, the ILS-14 into wherever. And, you brief the approach as you're flying. I believe instrument flying is all about staying ahead of the airplane. And, it can be very difficult to stay ahead of the airplane when you're shooting a new approach. It's your first time seeing it. You're briefing it. It can just be very, very difficult. So, I would encourage you, start on the ground. Brief your approaches on the ground. How I typically do it, if I know I am flying somewhere, I love to fly up into the mountains. When I say the mountains, I mean, coming from Florida, we're going to North Carolina, Tennessee, Northern Georgia, Appalachians, Great Smoky, kind of that, that area. Um, I'm not a real mountain flyer, like going out west. Although, I have been to Leadville, uh, Colorado, highest public paved strip. Um, So, I say the mountains, I mean going up there. If I'm going to a new place, I am sitting on the ground right here in flat Florida and sitting here and say, okay, I'm going into the Sevierville Airport. I'm going into Asheville. I'm going into Knoxville, whatever it is. And, I'm looking at every possible runway combination, every possible approach combination, and I'm knowing what approaches they have. You know what? You can always tell someone who hasn't done this. Maybe you've heard them on the radios, when they, when you know Jacks approach or Atlanta approach, whoever calls them up and says, um, you know, What approach would you like at uh, Craigfield? And they go, uh, uh, we'll, um, we'll take the ILS three two. It's even better when you say, oh, I'll take the ILS 3.2. And, they call back and go, "Um, yeah, the ILS 3.2 is NOTAMed out of service. And, you go, wow. Not only did they not know the approaches, they didn't know. Uh, they didn't check their NOTAMs now either, did they? That's two strikes right there. I want you, though, to brief your approaches on the ground. Because, briefing your approaches on the ground helps you with the next step. The next step is to configure early. Configure early. Again, this one I take a lot of heat for. I am the kind of person, you're gonna laugh and, and you can make fun of me, it's fine. I'm the kind of person, I put flaps in like way back, sometimes even before an initial approach fix. If I had a retractable gear, aircraft, I had a lot of time in a, in a brand new G36 Bonanza. It was flaps, you know, flaps down, gear down, well before that initial. A slower instrument approach is an easier instrument approach. It's harder to fall behind the airplane when things are just happening so slowly. It makes my life just that much easier. However, how was I taught? I was taught at the final approach fix, drop your gear, drop your flaps. Here I am entering into the most critical phase of this instrument approach, starting my descent down, trying to track and hold this glide slope, and you want me to totally change the drag configuration of this aircraft. You see how ludicrous that sounds? By the way, when you add in flaps on your aircraft, where does the nose tend to go? The nose wants to go up momentarily, right? You, the, the flaps increase the wing size, increase the surface area. More surface area gives you a momentary increase in lift before the drag, the byproduct of that lift, catches up with it. So, you get this momentary bump in lift. The nose wants to come up just a little bit. So, here I am trying to grab a glide slope. I, I drop my power back. I add in some flaps. The nose comes up. By now, the glide slope's a dot below me. And, I'm chasing the glide slope the entire time, when I could have configured much earlier, had my flaps where I need them, had my gear where I needed them, have everything just kind of set up, configured early, thinking ahead of the airplane. Because, if I think ahead of the airplane, I brief the approach, which allows me to think ahead of the airplane, which allows me to, on the actual instrument approach, not chase the needles. I hate needle chasing, left and right. And, you're doing these S-turns on the localizer. No. Instead of chasing the needles, I want you to change your vocabulary. I want you to instead pull the needles towards you. Meaning, if I'm showing a dot or a dot and a half deflection to my left on my localizer, on my course, Rather than just going 30 degrees to the left and realizing that needle comes flying back in and turning back to the right and doing these S-turns, I want you to just turn five, maybe 10 degrees to the left, and wait, and pull that needle towards you. And, when that needle starts to inch in, take that 10 degrees and make it five degrees now, and it's going to slow down. But, it's going to slowly change and slowly pull it in towards you. The wind does this to you, unbeknownst to you very well. You can hold that course, but the wind is slowly pushing the needle away from you. So, you need to adjust your crab angle into the wind. Never chase your needles. Instead, I want you to work to pull the needles towards you. The next little tip here is uh, something I've been doing a lot of research on lately. This was actually inspired by, uh, I call him Coach Ray. Ray, who's going to edit the video portion of this podcast ray uh, now edits all our social media videos that you're seeing this whole secret to perfect landing series everything else um uh, working on his instrument rating right now and ray was telling me during i think it was an episode of in-flight coffee every saturday 1 p.m eastern time i make a cup of coffee in my kitchen sit down at my kitchen island and just talk airplanes with you it sounds crazy but a couple hundred people every Saturday come out to just make coffee and and watch on Facebook Live. So, if you ever want to just drink coffee uh, and, and talk airplanes, Saturday, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, Facebook Live from Jason's Kitchen. You don't want to miss it. Ray was on In-Flight Coffee one episode and mentioned that he was really frustrated about a lesson because he was just so overwhelmed. It was the task saturation. And, eventually, you get to the point where you become so saturated you just stop learning. You you shut off. Um, maybe you haven't been there an in instrument flying yet, but have you been there? Maybe in your private pilot days with landings. You ever just have a day in the pattern, and you get to like landing number six, and eventually, you're like, yeah, I'm so over this right now. I'm so behind this airplane. I'm bouncing this thing in here. I am not learning anything, but I sure as heck am paying 200 bucks an hour to be sitting in this airplane, not learning anything. That's when you just kind of... X the lesson and say, hey, let's land here. This is getting too expensive. And, I'm not taking away anything from this anymore. That happens in the instrument environment as well. But, you can practice task saturation. You can practice it in the environment like a great simulator. Whether it be a home-based simulator or Redbird or whatever it may be, you can get in that simulator and have your instructor just start throwing things at you. Um, bad vectors from the controllers, um, throwing you through the localizer, quick little radio calls, uh, forgetting to do the flaps, uh, maybe a little enunciator warning that's popping up, low voltage, whatever, and you're just like, all these things happening. Go as far as you can go until you're truly behind the airplane. Press the pause button and say, okay, what's happening right now? I just went through the localizer. I probably need to ask for a go-around because there's no way i am make this big, aggressive left-hand turn back. However, I just got a low voltage warning over here. I have no clue what the controller just told me. You see, you can practice this task saturation. And, eventually, you're going to get to the point where you know what the controller's going to say. You know what the turn's going to be. You know when the turn's going to come. You know what's happening. And, task saturation doesn't seem as bad because you're staying ahead of the airplane, because you're thinking ahead as to what's coming. What is the controller going to tell me? What is the controller going to ask of me as well? Task saturation. Let me give you just four little bonus tips that... um, I need to work into the presentation somehow as I'm working into it here. Um, The first is this. It is to know your approach numbers. When I say know your approach numbers, I mean for things like pitch and power, those settings. If you don't, every approach is a new trial. I I relate this back to the actual secret to perfect landings. You all probably heard me say one of my tips is the secret to perfect landings. A perfect landing starts with a perfect traffic pattern. No trapezoids, no racetrack ovals, whatever it is. It is a nice, rectangular, perfect pattern. No overbanking, no underbanking. An approach is the same way because in a landing if i make every pattern different every landing is going to be different in an approach if i have different pitch and power settings every time every approach is thus then different as well every approach is a new trial if you don't have the same pitch and power settings next I teach this. Some of my uh, even my team doesn't agree with this. Uh, let me explain it here first, and I'll explain their perspective. I was always taught and like the idea of setting the bug, the heading bug, if you have one, to your missed approach heading just before the final approach fix. Some of my team, who comes from an airline background, says no, Jason, I don't like that. We're always taught keep the bug on your heading. Which, I agree with that, too, but I would argue, with a beautiful HSI in front of me, I know exactly where I'm going to. So, I'll use that bug, uh, since I'm not using it, if my heading is different for my missed approach. And, if ATC gave it to me, there's usually a pretty good point that it may be. Number three is, there is no saving an instrument approach. First off, you can go around at any point. And, a go around, by the way, is not an admission of failure. A go around is an admission of or a demonstration of great decision making. There is no shame in going around at any point, from the initial to the final to the missed. It doesn't matter. There is no shame in going around at any point on an instrument approach. You may not even have caused it. The controller may have given you just a crummy vector onto the localizer, so you may just end up going around for that. There is no harm, no foul with that. Lastly. Even when you break out, you must stay on that glide slope. It's so easy to kind of break out and go, oh, I see the runway, and kind of dip down below. But, trust me, follow the glide slope, even when you see the runway out there in front of you. So, over the course of the past little 12, 13 minutes, I've been talking to you. We shared some tips for the secret to better instrument approaches. I need to come up with a better title. We'll work on that maybe here. You get to be the first. And, some new stuff we are working on. Hey. Please don't forget August 19th. It is going to be a big day. I can't say any more than that. Facebook Live, YouTube live for the M0A pages, just it'll be there August 19th, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. You'll want to be there. Thank you for your comments, your ratings, your reviews on this, the Private Pot Podcast, the Instrument Pot Podcast, the Commercial Pot Podcast, and of course the CFI Certificated Flight Instructor Podcast as well. You all are just such a blessing to us. If there is anything anything at all we can do uh, today, tomorrow, this week, to help make you a safer, smarter pilot. From the bottom of my heart, I mean that. You have a team of, I think there's 27 of us now here, uh, full-time at m0a.com, here to better serve you all. Please don't hesitate to reach out. Enjoy the rest of your day. And, most importantly, remember that a good pilot is always learning. Have a great day, guys. We'll see you.